Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hello and welcome to the Dork Forest. Jackie Cation here. It is November or December, which means please do not donate to the Dork Forest this month. Direct donations should go to your local food bank. To do that, you would Google the words food bank and then the name of your town and then one will show up and then you will send them the $10 or the $100 or the gajillion dollars that you would have sent to me, Jackie Cation, to a food bank in your neighborhood. Anyway, let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg composed and sang that song you just heard. He's going to sing his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio, and Vilmos works on my website, JackieCation.com. The DorkForest.com has all the notes, the link to the YouTube version of the show, which is just the the show is available on iTunes, and there's a player on DorkForest.com. But there's also a YouTube version of it if you can't listen to iTunes for some reason at work. But you can listen to YouTube, so knock yourself out. JackieCation.com has all the rest of it. If you want to support the show by buying Christmas gifts or Hanukkah gifts or Kwanzaa gifts, go to the merch page, knock yourself out. All the t-shirts, there's a Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirts, there's Spooky Reading Girl, there is uh, Meat Shield t-shirts. The Meat Shield t-shirts remain a charitable t-shirt that go to the ACLU, Black Lives Matter, and Southern Law Poverty Center. Uh, You can do that. There are also pins, Spooky Reading Girl and Meat Shield pins. Those are not yet available on the website because I haven't gotten it together. But email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com, and we'll figure it out. There is my calendar, which is available. You can see where I'm playing uh, stand-up comedy-wise. And I'm on the road a bunch in December this year. So feel free to come out and see me do stand-up comedy live. There are videos. You can watch me do stand-up comedy. You can see a clip of my DVD, This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux, which is available streaming or as a hard copy on the merch page as well. There is the Amazon banner. If you're going to order from Amazon, you can use the Amazon banner on dorkforest.com or jackiecation.com. It's just a portal. Sends you to Amazon. You order like normal, and it supports the Dork Forest. Uh, There are premium episodes on Bandcamp. So it'd be thedorkforest.bandcamp.com, and they are probably a dozen episodes that are live. They cost me a couple of bucks to make, so I charge you a couple of bucks. There's also some free episodes and uh, a storytelling album on that Bandcamp page. Help yourself. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Feel free to review it on iTunes if you like, or email me if you have any questions or problems, jackieatjackiecation.com. Let's get into the show. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room with Deanne Smith, comic who we keep meeting in Canada. Yeah. That's where we meet. Do yes. you live in Canada? I do. I live in Toronto. Okay. Um, but you're not from Toronto originally. I am from upstate New York. Okay. When, Which is sort of Toronto. Kind of. When George W. stole the f- state of Florida. We right. all remember that, right? 2000. I was young. I was idealistic. But not idealistic enough to stay and fight for my country. And I thought, you know what? I'm out. And then I went to Mexico for a while. And then from there, I went to Canada. Interesting. And are you working? Are you on a path to citizenship in Canada? I should be. I've been a permanent resident there for ages. Um, The issue with citizenship, this is boring. No, it um, isn't. (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess it's not. You have to, um, like, have a certain amount of residency. And the requirements are quite strict like you need to be there more than kind of three out of the previous four years okay and because of comedy i travel so much right um but 
My, you, you get to travel through the United States without the Canadian shenanigans, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all great, but I, what I think I need to do is go in front of a Canadian judge and say, I would really like to be a citizen. I only travel because I have to. Right. And look at all these publications that call me a Canadian glowingly. I am, glowingly. I'm representing you to I, the best of my ability. Because you're, I believe, and this this will come out a month after you were, but you were Comic of the Week. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, that's yeah, exciting. Yeah. On uh, the Jackie and Lori show. Honestly, I cared about it so much. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just kind of learn to like disregard people's opinions when you're a chick oh, in yeah. the industry. You're not wrong. And uh, so you can't buy too much into anybody else's validation. But yeah. that one meant something to me. Well, because it's just more, it's more, it's more pure accolade yeah, than anything yeah. else. And so I uh, saw your set at the Kindler uh, show in Toronto at the Just for Last yeah. GFL 42. And you were delighted. Oh, were, thanks. And it was wonderful. Can I so t- people, well, I, I should tell people that I'm talking to Deanne Smith. So oh, yeah. it's D-E capital A-N-N-E underscore Smith on Twitter, Instagram, and but it's just DeanneSmith.com yeah. for the website. Guys, listen, I know the underscore is very 2005, <laughs> but that's when I set up those accounts. Exactly. Right? You should see my AOL account. <laughs> uh, I still use it because my great aunt still emails me at it. So uh, good for her. Uh, so this will go up November 6th. And that week you're in Raleigh, North Carolina doing stand up, right? Yes, at King's. Okay, on the on the seventh. I, I think. said that with authority, even though I just looked it up, and but, you yeah. just found out. Now, let us dork out about something that Rangers of the Dork Forest will be pleased to hear is musical. I don't know anything about music. Okay. I know a little bit about a lot of different things, and I, of course, you your favorite musician at this point, right now, that you would like to discuss is. Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. Now and always. Now and always. I okay, and I'm excited that you don't Who know. Who is she? She is. <laughs> All I know is that she's like hippie old school. But yes. was, was she at Woodstock? She wasn't at Woodstock, but she did. Wrote, she miss Woodstock because of something else. She missed Woodstock because her manager thought it was more important for her to do the Dick Cavett show. That's right. But because I love the Dick Cavett show. <laughs> But she wrote the song Woodstock, which I think was first done by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, uh, but then which she also does. Um, so basically she wrote, you know, the song of the her generation, iconic. if not, yeah, distilling the moment of her generation, and she wasn't even there. I don't know that I've ever heard the song Woodstock. Did they sing it at Woodstock? No, no, no. I think it was after. Oh, um, after Woodstock became a big deal. Yeah. Then it, then it was, because I've it, heard the Woodstock album. There's a two oh, album set right. of all the people. That would be fun. It was fun. It was. It was. I was 13. My stepmother had it. Yeah. I listened to it. There was some swearing. I was pretty psyched about it. Did you at all have like romanticism about hippies when you were 13? Were you like, that's oh, cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was. A, it was a misgeneration until, and that's why I went to college in Madison, Wisconsin, forgetting that it was the 80s when I went to college in Madison, <laughs> right, right, Wisconsin, right. and Alex P. Keaton. Uh, reign supreme. So uh, I it Alex was P. sure family ties. Yeah. It was the young Republicans. I mean, uh, it was the yeah. It was a it was a it was a quality time for the Klan. It was a research. Yikes! Anyway. Yeah. As a bur- as a burgeoning lesbian, I remember Mallory, his sister, more. But here we are. Why don't more lesbians burgeon? <laughs> when will the burgeoning begin? <laughs> I said burgeoning. Anyway, so uh, yeah, the. So yeah, so she wrote the song. Clearly, that was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I am uh, listen. I am so excited that you don't really know who she is for a couple of reasons. Um, (laughs) One, on the drive over here, I was like, 
am I enough of a dork about this? So like, I didn't know if I had enough like true info or, but if you don't know but anything, you've got, I, I don't, if know, you don't anything, know anything. I got nothing. This is great. And I love enthusiasm. And so let's do it. I'm sure listeners of the dork forest, rangers of the dork forest aren't yes. these types, but let me just take a moment to say one of my least favorite things in the world <gasps> is when, uh, you know, someone's talking to you and you haven't heard of like, they're like, you've never seen the movie. Are you kidding me? You've never seen The Godfather? Oh, right, right. And you're like, well, excuse me for not having literally every same life experience right. that you've had. Right. And you know that there's a hundred years yeah. of, of the greatest, you know, and, and now we're, I think, at 120 years of the of movies that I haven't seen. Yeah. So, yeah. My favorite thing is when people instead say, well, I'm psyched about this. Let me get yeah, yeah. you psyched about well, this. Well, welcome to the Dork Forest, which is exactly yes. what the premise is. Yes. <laughs> then I'm perfectly equipped. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Joni Mitchell is. Joni Mitchell. A lady. A lady. <laughs> okay. Is she still alive? She's still alive. And okay. on November 7th of this year, 2018, she... <gasps> Tomorrow, after this airs. Oh, my God. You'll be in Raleigh, North Carolina. I will be. This is such amazing timing. Um, it's her 75th birthday. Oh, okay. I do not believe she is online, but everybody take a moment in your hearts and just uh, wish Joni Mitchell Think a happy birthday. a good thought. Of Joni Mitchell. Do you know what? Do me the biggest favor in the world. Jump on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your music, and listen to any Joni Mitchell song. Possibly Woodstock. Listen to Woodstock. Right. Listen to Little Green. Listen to River. Listen to... I mean, there's so many. All Carrie. Right. Chelsea Morning. Did you know that Chelsea Clinton was named for Chelsea Morning? What? Oh, no. I did not A Joni know Mitchell that. song. A Joni... Chelsea Clinton was named after a Joni Mitchell song. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. That's nuts. Now, what is Chelsea Morning about? Uh, it's about. I think it's about like the it's part a, of New York City yeah. in Chelsea. Yeah. Okay. And I would sing it, but Joni's register is out of my your range. register, yeah. her yes. early register. My ad, my ad, my ad. I'm about to do an ad. Rangers, simplecontacts.com. If you wear contact lenses and find yourself dreading an annual appointment to renew your prescription, then you're going to love Simple Contacts. It is really simple. I went there. I took the test. It took five minutes. It was one of the most convenient things I've ever done to my, in my life. Then they mailed them to me. They just mailed me contact lenses. It lets you renew your expired contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of lenses in minutes. It brings the doctor's office to wherever you are, wherever you need it. You can take the Simple Contacts vision test online in five minutes. I did. It was less than five minutes. A real doctor reviews it, and if your vision hasn't changed, it renews your prescription. You save time, you save money, you save yourself a headache. And you can save $20 on your first order with the code DORKFOREST20. Make sure that you know that this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exams, obviously. Simple Contacts only tests your, that your current prescription still helps you see 2020 and renew that prescription. But if you want Simple Contacts delivered to your door, all, all the brands, all the types of lenses you're familiar with, so you don't have to shop around, you can save 20 bucks on your first order. So just go to simplecontacts.com slash dorkforest20 or enter dorkforest20 at checkout. Let's get back into the show. I, I, right. so, I'm bursting right now. There's so much I want to say. Okay. Um, How many albums does she have? I don't know. When Maybe does like she 17? Start what happened? Uh, okay. All right. Do you want me to just like go through her biography as I know it? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. Guys, there might be misinformation here, but let's <laughs> understand the spirit of the thing. Embrace the spirit. Okay. So, Joni Mitchell was born Roberta Joan Anderson. <laughs> 
in in Alberta. Canada. In in Alberta, Canada. She's Canadian. Yes. I did not know that. In Fort something in Alberta, but she considers her hometown Saskatchewan, which is where she moved when she was 11. Okay. Um, she Those had, are some formative years, 11 to 18. Yeah. And like one, she had polio when she was young. Um, and I think it was after that, I think she was about nine or something. And then after that, she really started focusing on being creative and on her creative path. Yes. She might... While she is the one of, if not the greatest, songwriter singers of the past 100 years, 50 years, um, she might call herself more a painter. She, she's also a painter. What? And she referred to herself as a, something like a painter that got derailed by circumstance. Um, so she's a fine artist. Yeah. And her paintings, she rarely shows them, and I, I don't think she sells them at all. Um, she designed, like, m- most of her cover art are, are her own paintings. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, what else did I want to say about Joni Mitchell and her painting? Is she uh, an only child? I don't know. She may be. She may be. But um, I have a fascinating story about her child. Oh. Joni Mitchell. Um, So she started uh, playing guitar and took classical piano and all this stuff. Okay. Uh, She is very famous, and I am not a musician at all. So okay. I'm about to say not enough of a musician. I'm not a musician at all. Oh, I was going to uh, say, what do you play? Yeah, nothing. Um, okay. <laughs> she, I can dabbled. You I, do you sing? I, listen, there's, you can find some videos of me online singing and playing ukulele. All of this was like 2010, 2011, before... It was a crazy time. When you could take the stage as a twee woman with a ukulele and not get booed off. You know what I mean? Where it was like something novel and something different as opposed to like, okay... Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple, I have a couple of songs out there. All right. Uh, but I am in no way a musician. So she, she, when I say, when I say this next thing, I don't even know what I'm saying. She is famous for open tunings on her guitar. Uh, alternative tunings, not open okay. tunings, alternative tunings. So she's developed all these like alternative tunings for the guitar. Um, and she did that in part. Alternative tunings. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when you when you're playing her songs, you have to like tune your guitar first of all. How she did, you know, like a normal guitar would be tuned, right? Fill in the, the blank. Da, Everyone, da, whatever. Yeah, but you're bl- blowing a thing. So she does her own thing, <laughs> and she did that in part because uh, the polio kind of messed up her hands a bit. So in order to kind of compensate or just work with what she had, right? She, she made alternative tunings, which have then turned out to be like her signature. Oh, right. And, she's, and it would be. And she's developed all this stuff. So she could reach different notes using different fingerings. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Like a does burgeoning also, lesbian. Sorry, you said fingering she, and I um, just couldn't help. Hello, fingering. Feel does, free to cut that out. Does she, <laughs> does she um, mostly play the guitar? She plays the guitar and the piano. Okay. So mo- um, a lot of her songs are, are both of those instruments. Yeah. Would they be both at the same time? They might be no, no. like one or the other. Yeah, yeah. It's usually one or the other, but yeah. but it's not. She's not only a guitarist. Joni Mitchell only- is an incredible person who can play both the guitar and the piano <laughs> at the same time. Her polio caused her to grow an extra set of arms, <laughs> and she's now a four-armed Kalistar. Yeah, uh, that's a Dungeons and Dragons reference. Oh, I'll be nice. over here. Okay, so um, so she plays both piano and guitar. Uh, did she? When did she? go professional what how did that happen do you okay. know so she started playing around in bars and stuff in saskatchewan and then her big move was i think when she was about 20 no maybe 18 19 
she moved to Toronto and started busking there. Um, and at the time... To busk, of course, is to play on the street for monies. Yes. There you go. It's yeah. a European term. Oh, that was so good. There you go. <laughs> to busk. <laughs> to busk. I would like a um, hyperlink of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at, at its best, I am. Yes. <laughs> um, and apparently in the folk, like the folk world at that time, certain songs were off limits. And so she found it really frustrating because... Um, if somebody was famous for having like covered a folk song that they yeah. didn't write, yeah. it's like other folk singers on the scene like weren't allowed to play that song. So it'd oh. be like, well, that song belongs to so-and-so. And she's like, well, so-and-so didn't even write that song, first of all. Right, right. Um, so she got there and she felt like she found out, like, you can't play this, you can't play that, you can't play this. In the... On the streets of Toronto? Not necessarily on the streets, but in like... that seems super bossy. (laughs) I was like, I thought Canada is real (laughs) hands-on. It's highly regimented. That is one thing that people don't understand about it. A Mountie shows up and is like, get it together. (laughs) Dylan does that. (laughs) Oh, and she had some shit to say about Dylan. Oh, did she have some shit to say about Mr. Bob Dylan? Yeah, we'll get into it. Okay. We'll get into it. Um, Yeah, so she started writing her own songs, um... I I think uh, I and many music critics, her I mean her lyricism is unreal. She is a, just an amazing songwriter. And when she was becoming known, other people covered her songs first, like Buffy Saint Marie and Joan Baez, and oh wow, um, uh, I don't know who all else. Uh, no, Joan Collins too. So people um, covered her songs first, and then she started putting out albums and becoming more famous. And then she kind of took her songs back and did them her way. Right. Right. Um, but her, her, yeah. Anyway, her lyricism is amazing. Her so songwriting is, is the, amazing. Okay. So the lyricism would be the poetry mm-hmm. of the, of, of the tunes. Anything. And I do not feel that this is overstated. Anything you need to know about life. You can find in a Joni Mitchell song. Any experience? Strong words. <laughs> Very I like strong it. words. <laughs> Any life Anything. experience. Um, like even in Woodstock, I was listening to Joni Mitchell on the way over to get myself psyched. Yes. And um, Woodstock, there's, well, just, there's something in there that's so funny. It's so funny to me just the way that it's set up because she's like, she just sings We Are Stardust. Mm-hmm. And then there's like this little thing behind it that goes like, billion year old carbon. And you're like, what? Like, <laughs> who writes songs like that anymore? That's just like a little extra bonus. But you're a like, bonus about billion year old carbon. I just feel like, you know, in popular music, very few people are trying to tell us that we are billion year old carbon. <laughs> right, a little science right there in the midst of, hey man, it's gonna be all right. Yeah. But then here's some science. Yeah. I love it. She's, she's anyway. Um, she calls a popular. She calls the state of the industry today, like I think she's been saying this since the late 90s, a cesspool. Um, oh, interesting. She's got a lot of shit to say. Uh, she is okay with some shit talking. Oh, yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? Oh, yeah. Okay. We'll get into it. But I am getting to the point where um, in Toronto, she, uh, I think her boyfriend from Calgary, an ex-boyfriend from Calgary, um, Joni got pregnant and he lo- How did that happen? <laughs> Wait, I when don't a man know. loves a woman. <laughs> I literally do not understand. <laughs> I have burgeoned. You burgeoned, tab A, slot A, and then some emissions. 
Yes. So funny. How how deep does Dork Forest get? Uh, Tell us about that. Tell us everything you understand how about Joni. No. <laughs> anyway, so go. Okay. So she gets pregnant. He leaves her when she's about three months pregnant. She's charming. She is young in Canada at the time. Um, it wasn't. I don't know if abortion was straight up illegal, but I think you just couldn't really access legal abortion. Sure. Um, not that I know. And she thought she wouldn't. Let's yeah. not die. Not she that said. I know if that was uh, even on her radar as a thing. Um, but also to give birth out of wedlock was really frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Frowned mm-hmm. upon. Right. Because what was it, 65, 1965? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It would have been like in the 60s. Um, so this is a beautiful story, I think. Okay. Um, she ends up having the baby. She gives her up for adoption. Oh. And uh, she credits, like, at, she met, anyway, she ended up, like, reuniting with her daughter, and I don't know, in the late 90s sometime. Oh, okay. And uh, I can tell you that story in a minute, because it's really cool. Yeah. Um, but Joni says that it was after she gave birth to and then gave away her daughter that she had, like... She felt like her creativity, her songwriting really flourished because she was trying to communicate to someone. She had someone to communicate to, which was okay. her daughter. Oh, to write to. That she couldn't like reach, you know? Right, right. And then after they reunited, she said she kind of lost interest in songwriting. <laughs> Be- she she only realized that all in retrospect. Right, right. When she was like, oh, I've met my daughter and I don't really care about songwriting anymore. Why is that? That is weird. And then she's like, oh, I think it's because... I'm getting tingles talking about it. I think it's because I was trying to communicate right. with her and like, okay. just pour out my heart. So there's this song and I would love everybody to listen to it. It's on the album Blue, which is uh, like... Always listed as one of the greatest albums of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, and the whole thing, just front to back, you can listen to it. Start to finish. Endlessly. Soup to nuts. Endlessly. Over and over again. Yes. The song Blue. No. No. The, the album Blue. The album Blue. But the song Little mm-hmm. Green. Little Green. Yeah. Okay. So this song she wrote for her daughter. Um, and when you when you listen to it and you don't have that in mind, I mean, you can interpret it kind of however you want. But when you know that she wrote it for the daughter that she just gave up for adoption. It is, I mean, beautiful and heartbreaking and poignant. Huh. It's, I, I, I'm so impressed by it because I think I, I have no personal experience, but I think that like giving birth to a child and then like having the love and the generosity to give it up, give, give it away and, and hope that she has a better life. Yeah. Um, and then to create art out of that is right, right. unbelievable. It's weird to me that she felt that it was entirely connected to to that experience, though. Because she did she write stuff before? Yeah, I think she did. But and it was and is is Blue the first album? No, after the birth. No, um, no. She. I don't think she had put out any albums or anything. This was like an early life experience that she right. had. Like she was maybe nineteen or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, but what else did I want to say about the song? Little- oh, so she put out this song, Little Green, yeah. and then um, way later, like in the nineties or something, a, a former. I couldn't have been a classmate, but someone who had known Joni Mitchell in her early years kind of sold the story to the tabloids that she had given up a daughter for oh, adoption. Right, right. But the cool thing is, because of that song, and I don't know if it, because of the tab- tabloid or not, um, friends of of Joni Mitchell's daughter, like she, her daughter, was independently searching for her birth parents. Okay, but it was the '90s, and so there's very little internet, yeah, and no 23andMe. 
Exactly. Or 23 and Meow, which is what no. Ryan Singer came up with for if you want to know your cat's ancestry. He oh just made gosh. it up. He made it up. It's perfect. It's the greatest line in the world. Anyway, <laughs> it's and perfect. It, he just recorded it with me today. So oh. I, it's still in my head. Because I meow. own uh, familypetancestry.com is mine. Oh, I know that. Yeah. So uh, 23 and Meow is hilarious. Anyway, so, but she she was looking for her birth mother. Yeah. But so Joni had put like enough out there into the world yeah. that I think it was her daughter's friend kind of started piecing it together and was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You kind of look like Joan <laughs> Considering like where you were born and the year and there's uh-huh. these little clues out there. And turns out... Reunited yeah. and it feels so good. Yeah. And a uh, billion year old carbon. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew they'd be singing, you guys? So, and so then they ended up meeting each other in the 90s. Yeah. Wow. Um, and that's all I know about that. But listen to the song, Little Green. It is what, what heartbreaking. Year did, what year to their first? So Woodstock. Oh, hello, Rangers. What was that? 69? 68? I don't know. What? 69? I think it was like 69. It feels like everything summer, was 69. Summer of 67 was the summer of love, yeah. which I vaguely remember. Uh, so it's something like that. It's And then it might have been 72. I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway. We have phones here. We don't have to look at them. Oh, you want to? Let's do this. Hey, Siri, what year was Woodstock? Thank you. 1969, according... I yelled to Siri across the room, I believe it was August 15th to 18th, but I don't remember the year. (laughs) 1969. I love that... uh, I don't know. Someone spooky is listening to this whole thing in addition Oof. to me recording it. Oof. Uh, hello, Apple. Yeah. In other news. Um, so. The, I was just going to say my phone knows my face now. Anyway, I just remembered that. That's horrible. <laughs> right. we, uh, we weeded off from some of the joy you guys. I'm so sorry <laughs> to have taken it from a, a, a weird place. So in, in 1969, she was on the Dick Cavett show. Mm-hmm. And I vaguely remember that because I have... Um, I have the old Dick Cavett's. I thought you and were joking. Of course you weren't joking. No, no, no. I freaking <laughs> Dick Cavett. I had the biggest crush on Dick Cavett Aww. when I was a child. I've had crushes on some of the dumbest people. Yeah. Uh, or not. Or not. So everyone deserves a crush. Yeah. So who doesn't like Steve Landisberg from Barney Miller? This one, oh I had a huge gosh. crush on Steve Landisberg when I was uh, about nine or ten years old. I have to Google because I don't even know who that is. He played. Uh, he played. Um, Dietrich on uh, Barney Miller, and uh, he was sort of a very dry, he was one of the dry detectives, and uh, he used to do stand-up, Steve Landisberg. Oh, my I got gosh. To, when I first moved here in 97, that's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. What a sweetie. He's Yeah, he looks like- uh, I know this guy. You know that guy. Yeah. Anyway, so I really- He's uh, kind. You like kind men. I do like kind men. Yeah. You got to meet Andy Ashcraft. Yes, and that's not a bad way to be in this that's world. That's not a bad... I used to think I had a type. Yeah. And then it turns out I just like men. <laughs> uh, I, like, I I thought my type was tiny buff guys. Yeah. But I just like this one tiny buff guy. Okay. And then but I you thought, didn't even like get to the second tiny buff guy be- before you started no, I, thinking you had a type? <laughs> you well, just picked the one and you're like, well, that's the, my type. No, because I liked him and we never went out. And so then I right. would I, I would get crushes on other tiny buff guys, and then I had crushes on a lot of guys who were kind of bald, and I was like, well, maybe I like bald guys. Yeah. And I was like, no, no. And then Andy Ashcraft could not be whiter. 
He is the yeah. whitest of most translucent, uh, waspy looking dude in the world. But and, handsome. Oh, super handsome. Yeah. Uh, and but not anything like that's. I I do a joke about how he's much better looking than I require. I <laughs> that. that is so and, funny. Uh, but he's super nice, yeah. which is why uh, it all worked out. I went so, the other way with it. I didn't think I had a type. And then through years of observing my choices, uh, friends pointed out to me that I do indeed have a type. Do you have a type? Um, and I would say right now, uh, to her credit, my girlfriend, who I'm very much in love with, my girlfriend of four years, is totally against the type. But uh, but is a good human. And it's amazing. Enjoy- and now right. she's my type. But uh, I, I, use, I have like a weakness for short, dark-haired, like melancholy tiny girls daria (laughs) yeah kinda yeah that's pretty much it actually goth yeah yeah well good for you if they need help if they're broken little birds (laughs) you're like come to hand yeah 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 allow me to tame you and now i have this very tall self-sufficient blonde perfectly fine yeah normal She's good. Yeah. Your and your tiny dog is with us too. Oh my gosh! Yeah, just she's curled up in the sun. I didn't even she's know where she in went. The sun and she's having a perfectly good time. She helped me realize that I had I was relating to relationships in the wrong way because when I got her, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. dark, small, helpless creature, <laughs> I was like, oh, I could just put it all on this. Right. I'm going to take care of this animal, and then I can talk to another human who is allowed to just be a person. Exactly. That'll be great. <laughs> and uh, the dog has a good time. The girlfriend has a good time. Yeah, it's, it's all, all working it's all out. Good. Excellent. So, you don't. What is her first album? What is Joni Mitchell's first album? Well, gosh, if we were going to get this deep into it, I don't know. Okay. Um, but Blue's the first one you could think of. And- well, but there's, I think, definitely like Court and Spark is before that one. The first album is sometimes called Joni Mitchell, but it's sometimes called something else. Wikipedia is out there, everyone. Right. I'm not going to creepily yell to my phone again. Okay. I think we'll let that just be the one thing, one time I do. I mean, if I had to know her whole discography. Um, you we're just, don't. We're going for the you feel of the thing here, guys. No. And um, sometimes I, when, when it's a musical one, I will print the discography and then I'll, oh. and then I'll, I'll quiz people about the things. That's fun. But that doesn't always work and it doesn't, um, and I forgot to do it. I'm very glad that you didn't do it. Right. Because who, who, needs, who needs the pressure? How about I the gossip? I don't. What, it, what, what about so the shit talking about one, Bob Dylan? Yeah, we're getting into it. But one thing when we were talking about the year 1969, um, Joni Joni's definitely on the record as being like, "Free love is a sham." Men did that as a reaction to <laughs> it was hard for them to get laid, and then they made it all like free love, whatever. So she never really bought into all of that. That's kind of hilarious yeah. too, um, and I don't think she's entirely wrong. Mm-hmm. She's like because it's not like men were like. No, free love's great. Oh, by the way, I also want to marry you and not abandon you with uh, being pregnant. Exactly. Right. So, oh, and you can't have an abortion. So, I mean, I still want to legislate your body and not be responsible for the my part in making you gestate. And then, uh, but I do want to sleep with you. Maybe it's not free love as much as it's free penis, but... (laughs) We'll call it free love. Me and my wand of pee hole need to go, <laughs> needs to be stuck into something. And you're like, I love it, but uh, dude, get some perspective. Yeah. Anyway, so that was her first, was that was that her first shit talking? I believe. I don't know when she first started shit talking. I imagine always. <laughs> always. Uh, I picture her as a snarky little 11 year old yeah. going, nope. Yeah. You know what she did do in her first album, though? I know about this. Uh, this is how much she values writing and lyricism. 
she dedicated it to um, one of her early English teachers, like, I don't know if it was seventh or eighth grade or something, because... Uh, Changed they, her life? Yeah, helped her, like, focus some of her energy. Nice! And, like, because uh, she hated school. She's, like, very anti-authority establishment, all of that stuff. Oh, to the you. point that, mm-hmm. while she lives, while I believe she is, like, a great example of uh, feminism... She's one of these ones that's like, I don't call myself a feminist. I'm not oh, into weird. the group thing. Oh, she's not a joiner. No. she's and she like, thinks that there's some sort of club meeting that's happening with feminism. Kind of. She's like, I, I just do, I like to do things individually for whatever reason. I've always believed that I'm equal to men. I prefer to go toe to toe. Like, Right. Yeah. Well, that's great. In other news, uh, you might want to help the person but, behind yeah. you. Yeah. And because uh, you got to give somebody a hand up who's not quite as strong as you Ex- are, lady. I know. Like, I don't love when people don't but, call themselves feminists, but. But I also, she, if she doesn't, if she's not a joiner, a lot of people won't call themselves any number of things, but they are. Right. And, you know, to some extent, she walks the walk, right? She's I think always so. created a, a sort of a, a safe space. She's she's been a fine example of what a strong woman because it's almost synonymous. Joni Mitchell, you're like, oh, yeah, that she's an icon to some yeah, extent, who's right? Carved her own path and who's yeah. always who's always kind of been like, while she's gotten a lot of accolades and Grammys and is considered to be like one of the greatest singer songwriters. At the same time, she never totally got her due because she was like a woman in a man's world sort of situation. So. Um, right. Is she in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I think she is, but I think it was so late that she was like, ah, fuck this. Like, I think she was like, I should have been there earlier. And right. she calls, um, it's about Bob Dylan. She's yeah. called him a plagiarist and a fraud. She said stuff like, <gasps> his, his name isn't his own, his voice isn't his own. Oh my God. Um, Who's his voice? I don't know, but I you know, he's, she... it does sound like he's putting it on. Right, because d- d- does he talk like that? <laughs> yeah, right? I, yeah, I don't know. Um, my brother Phil loved, he loves Bob Dylan. I, uh, I mean, I like his songs. It's uh, What I like is when other people cover Bob Dylan. That's one of my favorite things, because A, I can understand the yeah. lyrics, and they usually have better voices. Absolutely. But, like, if you, there was, but I do like the lyrics. I wish I could remember her name, but there was a girl who used to do open mics in Montreal, at this bar called Grumpy's. And she would do a cover of Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. Yeah. And in her, Oh, a karaoke afterwards? Yeah. Like okay. in her voice. Yeah. That it, that song is like, it's amazing. It's heartbreaking. And what, Bob Dylan, it's like, ugh, who cares? What, what's, what's his song? <laughs> what song did she do? Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. Oh, You know, vaguely. you might have kind of broken my heart, but Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. Oh, okay. You just kind of wasted my precious time. Wow, you know that so song? you're throwing some lyrics out. I'm just kind I of remembering like it. it, but nice. it's, it's really lo- it's really a lovely song. Um, right? Uh, I, yeah, it's rare that someone can cover someone's song and like do it better. But I love I love when that happens. It is pretty great. Uh, there's a lot of um, there's uh, not long ago Amy Miller, stand up comic. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, San Francisco, Portland. Yeah, comic. yeah. There you go. Uh, her dorkdom was Dolly Parton. No. Yep. I love Dolly Parton. Well, you are in good. I didn't know anything about Dolly Parton. Oh, isn't this so exciting? It is exciting. That's one of the reasons I started the Dork Forest, yeah. just so that I could uh, learn things. <laughs> Do you like uh, that I'm discovering the premise of the podcast? I'm like, I just want to tell people. Like, that's exactly no, what perfect. we're doing. Uh, there's some great episodes. It made me watch all of this, like Nat Towson, who's a comic out of uh, New York, 
A I great, know the name. Maybe, he's, yeah. a, he's a really good comic. And uh, his dorkdom was Speed Racer. Hmm. And so I ended up watching all the Speed Racers again, which were on Netflix. Oh, that's so cool. And that was a delight. Yeah. And because uh, I couldn't remember anything about Speed Racer. Dolly Parton. It's just a reminder. Yeah. and But she does, uh, people who do Dolly Parton covers, like I'm, the Whitney Houston cover. I know. The only thing that makes me happy about that Whitney Houston cover is thinking that Dolly's getting residuals every time it's played. Because they play it a lot. Yeah. And then uh, Amy actually brought me uh, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, and I had never seen it. I don't think I've seen it. Uh, well, uh, I think I might have it. Uh, you can take it with you. <laughs> it's Because uh, I watched it, and it was fine. It It is very funny. Because I think it, I, I think I talked about it for a couple of episodes after I watched it, but it was she sang that song that Whitney Houston covered, it's, and her version of that song is also enormously beautiful, right? It yeah. really is. I, and, I love it, and it's a pivotal mo- moment in the best little whorehouse in Texas. Oh, okay, gotta uh, see it. To I saw Burt Do- Reynolds. I'm like too excited. I saw Dolly Parton in concert a couple years ago. Oh, really? She was over seventy at the time, if not seventy. Um, it was phenomenal. She did like fully an hour of music with like storytelling. I mean, she was everything you wanted her to be. She was right. funny, witting. She witting, witty, witty, funny, witty, witty. <laughs> I'm too excited. Um, and I know we don't have enough time to talk about all of this. Um, so we're only at thirty. You're oh good. Okay, thank God. Okay, okay. Uh, so she did like an hour, and she's doing storytelling and songs, and then. I think that's the show. And then she's like, we're going to take a quick intermission. I'll see y'all back in 15 minutes. And then she does another hour. What? And at, at her age, I was just like, that is so generous. Like she comes, then she comes back with like a costume change and it was just. What? Beautiful. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, first of all, I've been listening to the greatest hits now nonstop since Amy Miller did the show. It's great, right? And it was great. And it is great. Yeah. And um, so have you seen Joni Mitchell live? Yes, and I would love to tell you this story. Please do. All right, so I I only <laughs> seen her once, and it was when I was living in Baltimore. So it might have been Bethesda. I don't remember exactly where she was playing, but she was playing somewhere kind of near me. It was the middle of the week. Uh, I had friends that were into her at the time. I was in my early 20s. Okay. How old was I? Yeah, 21. Um and but however it turned out nobody could come or whatever so i went by myself and it was a double bill Joni mitchell and bob dylan what yeah wait a minute you just told me she was a grump about him i know she is oh my gosh okay like they've worked together over the years i don't really know at what point she part started putting stuff on the record about yeah. him being a fraud it might have been after that double bill <gasps> interesting i don't know right but so i i saw the i saw her in concert to me it's like, she was absolutely my favorite, and I would love to backtrack and tell you how I got into her in a minute. But right. So she was like, I got into her when I was 17. Any of the stuff you get into when you're oh, a teenager yeah. Oh, yeah. is just in your brain, in your heart, yes. forms you as a human being. Did she open or did she close? So she opened. Okay. So she went up first, and uh, her voice has also really changed over the years. So her early stuff, she has this kind of like soprano, beautiful, like she can reach it's just so light and clear and just like unreal. And then she's a really heavy smoker. She's been smoking uh, since the age of nine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She claims uh, that her smoking has nothing to do with her voice changes and that any singer over the age of 50 loses their range and that, you know, it's Except voice nodules or it's anything else. Right. Right. I don't know how she can claim that it's not smoking, but her- I th- <laughs> she sounds 
fucking hilarious. Uh, she Joni seems Mitchell. like pretty great. She was yeah. friends with George O'Keefe. We'll get into it. Okay. Uh, but she, uh, yeah, so she claims that smoking didn't have anything to do with her voice, but her voice has really changed and it's still gorgeous and really expressive. It's just different. It's much, right. much deeper. Yeah. Um, and I don't know about music. I think it's a contralto, but I don't even know what that means. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I watched her do her thing. I was there alone. There was an intermission. She did a little um, imitation of Bob Dylan at the end. Oh, my gosh. And it was really funny. Like, she sang a bit of her song in, like, Bob Dylan style, of course, like, killed with the audience. And then I'm sitting there. And the next day, I was driving from Baltimore to go visit my grandma about four hours away. I think it was Thanksgiving. And I was going to bring Thanksgiving stuff and whatever. And I'm sitting there kind of at the intermission waiting for Bob Dylan to come out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of tired. Like... I'm done. I just want to go home. And you don't need to see Bob Dylan. Yeah. And I was like, I I think I just want to drive home with like Joni Mitchell ringing in my ears. Yeah. So blasphemy of blasphemies, I just left. You just left. And I didn't have, I, I did not have strong anti-Bob Dylan no. feelings at that time. But And it doesn't matter. Yeah. And the thing is, is, is there's shows that are done and you're done with them. Yeah. You're just like, no, this has been great, but I only needed, in some cases for me, 20 minutes of that. Yeah. I'm good. And then I'm like, I got a taste of that. I'm good. Sometimes when I'm performing, I feel that way, but I'm doing an hour show. By the way, I am speaking with Deanne Smith and it's D-E capital (laughs) A-N-N-E underscore Smith on Instagram and um, Twitter and Deanne Smith dot com. Do you do this in the middle of things? uh, Sometimes for people that are just tuning in. People that are just tuning in. <laughs> and sometimes I stick an ad, like right right after I Yeah. Who are your who are your sponsors? Well My ad, my ad, my ad. I'm about to do an ad. Rangers, this is an ad for Audible. Uh I love Audible. Audible is a great way to listen to books. They have an amazing selection, obviously. They're also doing Audible Originals, which is a new member benefit. Audible members now get more, two Audible Originals and one audiobook every month. Audible Originals are exclusive audio titles created by celebrated storytellers like myself. Every month, Audible members get one credit good for any audiobook they choose, plus two Audible Originals from a changing selection that they can't get anywhere else. They also get access to audio fitness and health workouts created exclusively for Audible. You know what I have? I have all of the Lord of the Rings on Audible. I have all of Lois McMaster Bujold's books on Audible. And Audible offers Rangers 30 days to try Audible for free, which includes your choice of any audiobook plus two Audible originals on them. It's the perfect way to discover what millions already have is that listening lets you get more books into your life because... With the free Audible app, you can enjoy them anytime, anywhere, at home, the gym, while commuting, or doing chores. Plus, your books are yours to keep. With Audible, you can go back and re-listen to them anytime, even if you cancel your membership. Get your first audiobook free and choose two titles from a curated list of Audible originals when you try Audible for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash dork or text dork to 500-500. Let's get back into the show. But let's get back to your dorkdom. <laughs> <laughs> do we have to? We do because we. Uh, we now, what did I, I? How did you get into her? Okay, so I, I I like this story personally. Do you remember the show, or did you ever see the show Thirty Something? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. It was a big deal at the time. And I right. think the and time, you as a tiny child enjoyed the show. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, something. I got into it in reruns on Lifetime. So okay. I, as a teenager, which is still funny enough, that I was is like funny enough. 14 to you're 14 17. And you're like, yeah. you know what I want to watch? I want to... 30 something. What is that movie with about the winery? The, not the, the winery. I don't know. I it's, thought you were going to reference the Big Chill. No. Well, it's sort of... Well, it, it, it's essentially the 90s version of the Big Chill. It's... <gasps> Uh, remember when they just go on a tour sideways sideways yeah that's it uh i always thought 30 something was the serialized version of sideways and i loathed sideways yeah fair because i was like hey you guys seem like assholes a drunken wine drinking swilling assholes and i'm sure but the very pretty scenery sort of like a, a, a river runs through it but with more uh, wine. Yeah. Anyway, I I've, mean, I've weeded off enormously. No, but 30-something, <laughs> I was thinking about it because I have not revisited it. Uh, I don't know how it holds From up. this historical standpoint. I'm, I'm sure. No, I can say right now. I'm sure it's, it's just a bunch of whiny white yuppies. That's what 30-something is. Right. But when it came out at the time, it was a big deal. Everybody loved it. It blew some minds. It was an ens- ensemble piece. I don't know why it was great. Uh, but it, was, it came it, out in the late It 80s, felt like a series a serious friends. It felt yes. like more of a dramedy An of hour-long serious friends. Yes. Yeah, yes. if they're older and a couple of them popped out some kids. And yeah. Yeah, they work as ad execs, whatever. <laughs> um, but the character that I liked so much uh, in the series, and now I realize I've kind of grown into this character, which I did <gasps> not plan to do. Are you a Samantha? What's that? <laughs> I'm a Samantha. <laughs> I don't even know what any of it means. Um, there was a character on the show called Melissa. She was the artist. She was like... Uh, Michael was one of the main characters at Exec, and she was his cousin. And she was like, she had short hair. She wore one big earring, you know, like <laughs> asymmetrical earrings. She was a photographer. She lived okay. in a loft. Like she was single. <laughs> she didn't have kids. Like right. she just did her own thing, you know. Um, and there, in the, one of the Christmas shows of Thirty Something, there, the opening scene is Melissa in a dark room developing photographs. Okay, and it's a bit melancholy. And there's a song playing in the background background which turns out to be a Joni Mitchell song but which I didn't know at the time oh. so the song is River it's like really uh, hugely popular Joni Mitchell song like probably the number one most covered song of hers oh wow um, who's covered it <sighs> everybody everybody okay I don't Billy really Joel know. Billy Joel Billy Joel maybe <laughs> I mean it is a piano song so it starts off like a kind of melancholic um, jingle bells on the piano okay uh, and then the first few lines it's never the same to say them, but it's like it's coming on. It's coming on Christmas. They're cutting down trees. Have you heard yeah. the song? Putting up reindeer. No. Nope. Singing songs of joy and peace. Probably. I wish I had a river. So uh, it's it's like yeah. pretty sad song. Yeah. Like I wish I had a river. I could sail away on. All these things are happening, and uh, I I don't know how much of it was in the show, but just the very beginning, right. Melissa's developing photographs, and I loved it. Like it grabbed me by the soul and by the heart, and I had. Um, had that show on VCR. Okay. Because I loved 30 something so much. You you'd VHS tape. And like there was a you know does TV still do marathons? They used to. Yeah. Okay. I don't really I don't Sure, sure. I don't watch TV TV um but like Lifetime was doing like, you know, it's the the whole day of 30 something right. counting down our <laughs> top 20 episodes or whatever. So right. I definitely start like I'd, I'd get my dad to help me cuz I didn't know <laughs> to help tape everything. Um probably the top 10, whatever they thought the top 10 episodes were. And I think this was number three, the Christmas episode. Excellent. Uh, 
so I had I would watch it all the time and I scan the credits and I'm pausing and there's absolutely no mention of what that song was. Oh weird. Um maybe there was and I wasn't able to like decipher but you what it find all meant. It. I couldn't find it, couldn't find it. And then it was maybe like two or three years later, I'm uh was reading like an entertainment weekly, some about like seventeen at the time, and Mike Myers, Canadian uh actor, comic, was he just said something about I believe Joni Mitchell should be like the poet laureate of Canada. And then he quoted River a little bit. And you were like, that's it. That's the one. And I also realized to put this all in context. I mean, the internet existed, but (laughs) it wasn't like a readily available, just Google it. You know, you couldn't just like Google some lyrics and figure it out. Right, right. It It was, I I don't even, I can't remember when Google was invented, but it was amazing when it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's still amazing. It's still amazing. And let me Google that for you is uh, also amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, anything, anything we need to know. Um, So that was like, when I, when I connected those pieces, I was like, oh my God. So I think I, (laughs) uh, my mom got me the album Blue, which River was on that year for Christmas. Like the year that I was in my senior year of high school. And um, little did I know, I mean, I, I got the album, I loved it, it blew my mind. And then come to find out, it's one of the most like highly regarded, influential albums of recent times. Right. Uh, and and I'm so grateful to um, having kind of found Joni Mitchell in this backwards way, because I think listening to her stuff early on really informed like what I'm into and how I consider music. Like I, right. I cannot listen to... Any like I need good lyrics. I need to be able to like hang on to something. Well, I'm always I'm I'm about the words. Me too. Because uh, possibly one of the reasons why I do stand up, but because it's, it's a spoken the word. words. Yeah, <laughs> it's a spoken word. <laughs> yeah. thing. You're gonna love Joni Mitchell, honestly. Okay, it, like ugh, it's the best. She's the best. She's the best. And then, but but it's also why I like. But sometimes I like it when the words are absurd. Like I love some country music songs oh, because they are. You're like, what's happening? I are. Have you been? Have you been devastated by love? Yeah. And so you're, what you're going to do is you're going to dance it out, and then yeah. you're going to meet some guy in a honky. Yes. Interesting. Own it. And that and or there's some weird sad song about like your entire life was you spent with your grandpa and you just wish you could play, go fishing with him in heaven again. Yeah. And you're like, please, please do. No, listen, I have such a secret weak spot for country music. Yeah. Um, like if I'm driving, if I'm on a long trip, I in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's pretty much all that's playing, but I'm happy for it. I'm so happy about it. Cause yeah. And it harkens. The lyrics are hilarious. It's a simpler time. And I, I <laughs> secretly kind of want it. Like, I don't really want it. But, like, imagine if, imagine if you could live in one of those songs or, like, you really believe the world of one of those songs. And it's like, all you need is your girl by your side, your love of God, and your pickup truck, and a right. sunset. And you're like, fuck yes. Right. They make it sound so good. They make it, they, well, if it's got a good hook, I'm into it. Yeah. But I also, uh, but like, I also enjoy, there's something about a 26-year-old pop singer lady mm-hmm. that cracks me up. Because they're usually full of rage. And they're just like, 
fuck you yeah. guys. I'm going to go <laughs> and like Megan Trainer's 3 a.m. and Walk of Shame. God, I don't where, think I even know it. Well, she's a pop singer, right? right. And it's doo-wop. Mm-hmm. And that's all she's doing is doo-wop. And, uh, but the, the lyrics are just like, like you never had a walk of shame or, or uh, it's 3 a.m. What? I'm not going to stay with this guy. And it was, it was a safety check because I was super drunk. Yeah. And uh, so that's those songs. And then, there, Lily Allen used to, uh, many years yeah. ago, that she was, when she was about 24 or 25, she was full of rage. Yeah. And she's like, screw you, Nazis. And I'm like, own it. Just sing it up. And so some of the lyrics there make me laugh. And a lot of hip hop songs. Oh. Like, I think it was, yep. No, please continue. And then I'll, I'm holding it. You just saw my face get excited. Yeah, yeah. Your face got excited. It was, uh, it was one of, and how could I have, I've, I've spaced it because, uh, and I've got it on the, it's, it's so fucking awesome. It's the, one of the lines is get off my areola and get off my areola is the greatest insult that I've ever heard in my life. No, it's the best. Um, yeah, I definitely don't know a lot about rap, but I love listening to it. And if mm-hmm. you don't already know the artist young MA, mm-hmm. you got to check this girl out. She, she, she comes out of Brooklyn, uh, she she's amazing she does rap from like uh if you didn't know she was a woman i don't know really how she identifies i think she does but if you didn't know that you you wouldn't know like um i know people who listen to her listen to her like super hardcore lyrics she talks about like women in a super sexual way and Mm -hmm. all the stuff that she does and some people didn't realize at first that she was a a woman um and yeah her her lyrics are great they're so hardcore they're all about like I mean, like rap is, it's all about getting the money and whatever. But she's also about like, listen, I have a work ethic and you can, yeah. you can hate me, but I'm, bu- can, I'm too busy writing and I don't have time for your hate. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 you got, you got to listen to her. It's so that's good. That's what I love about rap. You're yeah. just like, you're just like, no, I'm working three times as hard as you is mm-hmm. what almost every rap song is about. Yeah. I'm working. Yeah. I don't know why you hate me. Mm-hmm. I take it you hate me because you don't want to get to work. Yeah. And, uh, and so that, that makes me. I love sometimes, sometimes I just love the rage. Yeah. Sometimes I just love the weird, silly. No, I love God more than you. Yeah. Which is why sometimes <laughs> country music makes me laugh. Yeah. And, and I just, I, there's a great deal of respect I have for that stuff. Yeah. So I think that Jody Mitchell, uh, some of her stuff is political too, right? Yeah. Like she's de- uh, definitely like an environmental activist and uh, river. Come on. River. I mean, come on. <laughs> Clearly uh, green thing. Green what? thing. No, Little but green? the one that she's really, no- really known for too, that you might know, cause a lot of people have covered it is big yellow taxi that has, um, it's like, one oh, of the main lyrics is, don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? Wait a minute. I heard a cover of that on my favorite shitty movie ever. This is great. Two Weeks Notice. I don't know the movie. Two Weeks Notice is uh, yeah. is uh, Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant. Oh. It is a romantic comedy. Yeah. And uh, that's Jody Mitchell? Yeah. So, so Big the, Yellow Taxi? The environmental line that some people sometimes miss is... Uh, you know they pay, they pave paradise and they put up a parking lot. Yeah, that's that's yeah. The, whoever's doing the that's the cover. Mitchell, baby. Uh, well, yeah. there you go, Rangers. Uh, what I like to do is I like to find out right around minute fifty that I'm not quite as without not knowing things. I mean, she will filter into anyone's life. Mm-hmm. Um, Janet Jackson sampled that song in a song called uh, "Got Till It's Gone." Okay, with Q-tip. And what I love about that is that so it samples um, Joni. 
in her early days, sweet, sweet soprano voice singing, don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone. Right. And then Q-Tip comes in and, and um, Janet Jackson turns it more into like a love song sort of thing. Like, I miss you now and I didn't realize whatever. Right. Uh, which Joni does too, but she, she sneaks that little environmental thing in there. But yeah, yeah. Q-Tip comes on and he, so Joni does the sample and then he's like, Joni Mitchell never lies. And then it's into the song <laughs> and I fucking love it. <laughs> Do you know that we're all made of billion year old carbon? Yeah. Billion year old carbon. <laughs> um, Joni Mitchell never lies. <laughs> It's. I fucking love that. And she That's never hilarious. lies. <laughs> she does never lie. Yeah. It's uh, she might be wrong, but she's not lying. Yeah. It's uh, she might have a, an opinion. Oh. I think Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell sounds a lot like, like me. Like she sounds like a person who's just like, no, I'm not. No, I'm. I'm not screwing around. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh! Check this out. Yeah. So she um. Speaking of someone who's not screwing around, she did an interview with Gian Gomeshi for Q on CBC in Canada. And I don't know if you know Gian Gomeshi by name, but this person a few years ago, like right before kind of the liftoff and the like galvanization around the Me Too movement, um, was accused of sexually assaulting women. And it was a huge big deal because he was... Did, was it a duo? Was it him and another person interviewing it was just, people? No, it was just him. And they... I was in CBC. Yeah. They had just taken his picture down. Okay. So you know this. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was, he, it was literally someone went, and that's where the picture of that guy used to be. Yeah. And uh, it was just sort of a dust yep. colored, like better paint. And for whatever reason, I don't want to spend too much time on this piece of crap. <laughs> he was a big star at, at, at CBC and, and people knew about these allegations and covered it up for years and years and years. So it was a, it was a, a big deal when he finally kind of got accused and fell down. And right. you could, I felt like you just, you could tell his vibe. You could listen to his interviews and you're like, ugh, this is about him. Like, right. it sounds like he's masturbating under the table, you know? <laughs> Joni Mitchell said about him uh, that, I guess he came over to her house. She said she had to exercise the house. She didn't mention him by name, but she goes, I did an interview with the CBC guy. I had to exercise the house after he left. I opened all the windows. I put Burn sage around. Sage. No, absolutely. Oh, really? She's a Southern California girl now. She's lived in Southern California forever. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, so she burnt some sage and whatever, and she just said, like, the, the vibes coming off that guy was so Do you think bad. she'd want to do uh, The Dork Forest? Oh, my Joni gosh. Mitchell? I wish she would. Right, me too. I don't know me what too. she. I don't know what she gets out and does anymore. What her dorkdom would be. Oof. Uh, maybe. Maybe painting. But maybe something about painting. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. I've always, uh, I've always, you know, it, it, th- that's what I really want to talk. Like, I want to talk to, like, Tom Hanks, but about his typewriter collection. Yes. You know? Yeah. Or whatever weird thing he's doing now. So you're and, saying you wish you had Tom Hanks here today? Because no, I. No, no. It, is this the guest you were looking for? <laughs> Bam. No. You're, you're nailing it with the Joni Mitchell. I'm, I'm just so excited. Things. And I forgot to even mention the song California, which is on the Blue album. Oh, is um, it? As an entry point. I mean, and and even if it's even if it's the only one you do, I just recommend everyone to listen to the album Blue. Pick any song, um, but California is a really fun, upbeat one. And if you're not having sweet feelings about California, you will when you listen to this song. Oh, really I love sweet. California. Uh, I think we're nailing it. Yeah. Um, the uh, hit and miss. I mean, obviously there's flaws. Hit and miss. I would like to. <laughs> Joni Mitchell had a double album called Hits and Misses. Oh, really? Yes, and she only agreed to. <laughs> she only agreed to put out the hits. 
she had to convince the uh, record company. She was mm-hmm. like, "Ugh, I don't want to do an album of hits. I'll do an album of hits if I can also include the misses. So okay. like her favorites that were never necessarily commercial successes. Oh, that didn't get yeah. the radio play. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they were like, yeah, it's fine. Just do the hits. Yeah, you're Joni Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. What, uh, what, what's your favorite album besides Blue? If, if Blue is your I mean, favorite album. I think Blue is my favorite album. Court and Spark came before Blue, I think, and that's a great one. They're, they're just all great. Ladies of the Canyon is really great. Um, that's like... It sounds like a, a Louis L'Amour novel, Ladies of the Canyon. I don't know Louis what, L'Amour. Uh, it's a Western. He writes rest, Westerns. Ladies of the Canyon. Yeah, Ladies I can see the, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, I, but I think it's literally like um, the canyon of uh, Southern California around L.A., or a canyon? What canyon? I was like, are you talking about the vagina? Late- <laughs> I was like, I think there's literally she's talking yeah. about uh, g- going surfing. Yeah. What's happening? Going surfing? <laughs> did you know that I'm writing a romance novel? I'm very romantic. What did you, what were you picturing when you said going surfing? <laughs> I like literally uh, want to know. Um, like Andy Ashcraft going surfing. No, no, I wasn't picturing surfing. I was picturing oral sex. Oh, is it called going surfing or you just uh, it decided? It is now. Okay. It is now. Hi. And- Okay, I this, like uh, it. The, you know what? This show just got a little blue. Yeah. Also got a little blue. Oh, uh. Best album by Jimmy Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So um, <sighs> what a- now, Deanne Smith, Yeah. you do stand-up comedy. People can watch you do stand-up comedy. Do you have albums and stuff that they can buy? I do have an album. I have an album called Tell It to My Balls. Tell It to My Balls. Which? How old were you when that came out? Uh, recently. <laughs> right. So that's <laughs> a couple feels years like, ago. Um, but it, it feels like the Lily Allen, tell Megan, my balls. Tra- Megan Trainer yeah. kind of, but a stand up comedy it version of a very yeah, early joke I had about male confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, when the album finally came out online, it wasn't a bunch of people, but a few people who, uh, trans women that had not heard the album, had not heard the joke, just saw Tell It to My Balls and thought I was making fun of trans ladies' bodies, which I am not and was not. And that was... And inc- would not. Cred- and would not. Right. Thanks for filling that in. I think that, that just goes for granted, but... Um, right. Which was incredibly disheartening because I was like, oh, Jesus. Like, I've spent so long just doing comedy, trying to do comedy from, like... Just be inclusive. A queer kind of sideways perspective and be inclusive and always punch up and then, like, oh, God. But That's it was a, a good a, a good mini experience to have early. It wasn't a big deal, but it was enough to hurt my feelings and... Well, the thing is, is you can't produce any art and not have your feelings hurt. <laughs> that was it. It was a good experience to have and then just realize, like, ugh, it's, you're, you're going to be misunderstood. You're going to be misinterpreted right, There's going to be some lady or some guy... Yeah. Who's just like, nope. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yes, you are correct. But the, this I, the is worst not part was, was just I'm like, so just literally listen to the joke. There's no way you could think this if you listen right. to the joke. I, yeah. Every time my half hour special from Comedy Central in 2003 re airs, yeah. I get four pieces of email from North Platte, Nebraska because they cut the punchline. Oh. And it was a little harsh on North Platte, Nebraska. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Did the punchline save it? What was the punchline? The punchline explained why I didn't have a good time in North Platte, okay. and they cut the punchline. It was essentially, it was uh, I was at the bar before the show, and uh, I was mistaken for a local. And it's on an album. Right. And uh, a man came in uh, and saw me from across the room and mistook me for his wife and just screamed across the room, who said you could get out of the truck? <laughs> 
So it's a terrible town that Holy. spawns that gentleman. Yes. Is, was the nature of the bit. And, but the thing is, is it could have been any bit. I yeah. mean, since then, I've hated Albuquerque more. Is that any solace to anyone? Yes. Probably not to the people of Albuquerque. I've never been to Albuquerque. What do you hate about it? Uh, I didn't like the club owner or the club uh, staff. Yeah, and that's fair. And they were un- because they were monumentally unhappy because the club owner was a piece of shit. Mm. Uh, he was a, a pile of manure uh, with a flag in it. I find that hard to believe in the comedy industry that you would find a club owner that's anything less. It was $7 <laughs> to get in to see the show. Oh my god. Do you know what that is? Cheaper than a movie. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, guess what? Yeah. It's not going to create a quality experience for absolutely for anybody. Anyone. Yeah. Right. The the iron was chained to the wall at the comedy con- condo. So he was hiring comics that were stealing a $12 iron. Oh my god. So Oh, that's depressing. Top to bottom, oh. it was the most depressing week of my life. I uh, always the iron shirts, by the way. I can't imagine with a, ch- a oh, chain yeah, to the with wall. With a chain to the wall. Uh, but I will say this, is the best audiences of that week were perfectly nice people. Really? Yeah. Oh. But they were not trained at all to see live performances of any kind. So you had to kind of get them into it for a while. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. A, it was a bit of crowd control, and yeah. then you were like, "I'm seriously going to tell these jokes anyway," because they have to. And then I insisted that the club pay me in cash, and I said, "Sometimes it doesn't work out, does it?" And then I walked away. Oh my god! Yeah, good <laughs> for you. Uh, I was so full of rage. Yeah. Anyway, that is the story for the Jackie and Lauren show. Anyway, Deanna is, Smith. You, yeah, it's been an hour. I've taken up Holy. the last two seconds of your Joni Mitchell love. I can't even believe it. That's been an hour, guys. There's so much more to say about Joni Mitchell. I'm going to talk to myself in the car and the drive out of here, thinking of what didn't I say? I mean, just listen to Joni Mitchell, please. How about this? Madonna was influenced, says she's influenced by Joni Mitchell. And Joni Mitchell says about Madonna (laughs) that there is a time in which the American public really started wanting simple and stupid stuff. And she thinks that was around the time Madonna came on the scene. (laughs) Joni Mitchell is such a dick. Joni Mitchell never lies. Joni Mitchell never lies. She is occasionally a little mean, (laughs) but she does not lie, American public. Hey, Rangers, uh... I have this to say. First of all, Deanne Smith, Deanna, uh, Deanne Smith. Hi, Deanne. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know why I want to call you Deanna. Everybody, that's a more common version of this name. Anyway. Yeah. Deanne, it's been lovely meeting you again you and again. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?